0: To come to the coronavirus in South Africa, bringing the national death toll to 148. The number of confirmed cases has also increased by 352. This means there are now at least 7,572 known infections here in SA. The Western Cape remains the epicentre of the outbreak, followed by Gauteng. Despite technical glitches that affected the payment of social grants this week, Social Development Minister Zulu is confident her department is ready to roll out the COVID-19 special unemployment grant. President Cyril Ramaphosa announced last month that unemployed people who don't receive any form of social grant and also don't qualify for UIF will receive 350 rand from government for the next 6 months but there are concerns about whether the payment process will be carried out properly after some pensioners received double pay and then others returned home empty-handed due to technical issues on Monday and come says it expects to restart operations before October or November this year as the country fights COVID-19. The airline says it's lost over 500 million rand because it was forced to stop operations during the lockdown. Kome has gone into business rescue in order to avoid collapse. A fine day in store for Gauteng, Johannesburg, starting out at 9 degrees, reaching a high of 23, Pretoria 10 and 25, Frenicheng 7, with a high of 24. Also fine in Cape Town this morning, a moderate to fresh southerly forecast, a low of 15 and a high of 25.
1: In the traffic at the moment, we've got those traffic lights in Santin at Greyston and Alice. Also, Modderfontein Road and Van is not working. 12th Avenue and Ravonia Road, also out of order.
0: Those are the headlines, this Eyewitness News and more at six or as it happens.
2: EWN. Sport From the news and traffic to the sports desk. Good morning, Cindy.
3: Good morning. Well, the PSL and local football clubs pay tribute to legendary Sugar Ray Goli yesterday after his death on Monday night. It's believed the 81-year-old died of cancer in his home province of KZM. In rugby, the All Blacks have appointed Sam Kane as captain following the retirement of Kieran Reed after the World Cup. In tennis, the ATP, WTAN, International Tennis Federation, have launched a player relief fund worth around $6 million dollars. The UCI announced that the Tour de France will definitely go ahead on the 29th of August, but the Giro d'Italia and the Volta Espana will overlap in October. And three-time Olympic champion swimmer Sun Yung has lodged an appeal against an eight-year ban for missing a doping test. He was initially cleared by FINA, but the World Anti-Doping Agency appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and the decision was overturned. An eight-year ban was imposed on Sun because this was his second offence. Cindy Paluta, EWN Sport.
2: Oh, Cindy, it's uh, interesting to see where we stand when it comes to the sport. Yeah, Uh, just. (laughs) I never ever thought that global superstars that earn six-figure salaries would be uh, looking for financial support.
3: Well, so, so the tennis, so the tennis one is not, it's not the guys at the top, it's the guys at the bottom. Because remember, everybody sees these people on TV and You know, um, when you speak to parents of, of kids who, who play sport, you end up having to fund them. They have to fly everywhere. Um, they have to be put up in hotels, the training, the costs, the, you know, all of that, all of that stuff that, that, the guys who aren't sponsored all those expenses that they've got so i'm sure it's a relief fund more for the guys at the bottom as opposed to the, it, it definitely won't be a relief fund for the fedras and the dolls and the Djokovic's. i promise you that and the Williamses. i promise you it's not that one it'll definitely be for the guys at the bottom who you know the up and comings who don't have the major sponsors yet
2: times are tough you yep. may uh, be surprised in the weeks and the months to come i wonder how many sports stars are going to file for bankruptcy
3: Oh, I'm sure it's already started happening. I'm sure it's already started happening. Just, you know, slowly but surely. And It'll, it's- be, very, it'll be very interesting to see also what happens in our local leagues and our local tournaments and all of that because we haven't heard anything really yet, but I'm sure it's coming.
2: The economic hits keep on coming, Cindy. uh, Look forward to more sports in the next hour. Cindy Pelluta there bringing you the latest on your sports. 702 for the curious. Early breakfast with myself, Niklas Bauer. In a couple of moments, we are going to be talking about nutrition and the importance of uh, monitoring what you put in your body to try and stay healthy uh, as the world tries to meet the challenges of a global pandemic. What can you do personally Uh, to ensure that uh, your immune system remains uh, in the best shape possible, especially if you're uh, uh, of the Islamic faith and you're following um, Ramadan now uh, with fasting um, uh, uh, measures. Uh, How are you going to ensure that uh, uh, your immune system doesn't get compromised at a moment in time when you need it most?
1: South Africa. We find ourselves living in interesting times, facing unfamiliar challenges, and still trying to figure things out. Many of us are doing things we've never done before. We're worried about how we'll do the things we need to do. How do we keep our businesses running? How do we keep our households running? How do we pay bills and staff and send money to our families while still keeping ourselves, our communities, and our country safe? But here's the thing to remember. No matter what happens. Even though there are things we can't or shouldn't do. Help says that together. We, the people that make 59 million individuals, one nation, can keep going. We can keep businesses going. We can keep the economy going. We can keep living. Keep working. Keep paying. Keep buying. Keep banking. So, with all of our tools, our technology, our know-how... And our help will keep being the bank that asks South Africa, how can we help you? First National Bank is a division of First Rent Bank Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider, provider. T's and C's apply.
2: The Minister of Employment and Labor, mister Tulis Toulouse-Nasi, calls on employers to ensure that workplaces are fully compliant with COVID-19 occupational health and safety regulations. At least one-third of the workforce in specified industries is expected to return to work as part of Level 4 nationwide lockdown restrictions. The Minister says employers must conduct a risk assessment of their workplaces and have a clear plan in place that covers the following – The screening of workers for COVID-19 systems upon returning for duty. Employers must also ensure that workers with COVID-19 symptoms must not be at work and should receive the necessary medical attention. Workplaces must be arranged a minimum of 1.5 meters between workers too. This message is brought to you by the Department of Employment and Labor. Working for you.
1: When my home wasn't safe, I found a family here. I found the courage to go from the street to the stage, a chance to shine. Once, I didn't even have food to eat, but here, I am truly nourished and nurtured. For us, Girls and Boys Town is not just another shelter. Here, we are given hope when we need it most.
2: We are given the power to make our dreams possible. Help us youth leave a legacy we can all be proud of by donating to girlsandboystown.org.za.
1: Early breakfast on 702 for the curious on 92.7 and 106 FM.
2: That's right. with you until 6 a.m. That is early breakfast with myself, Niklaus Bauer. So we've been talking about COVID-19 and as the World Health Organization uh, is encouraging countries to investigate early cases of the virus to uh, ensure that uh, the approach by countries around the world uh, is uniform in trying to find a, uh, uh, not only a vaccine, but also the best clinical uh, treatment of uh, the COVID-19 virus and uh, um, the uh, medical emergency that it's causing around the globe. But it's also a moment for us to take responsibility in our own lives to ensure that we remain as healthy as possible. On that score, Vanessa Asensow, the health and wellness expert and nutritional consultant, joins us now to talk about uh, ensuring your immune system is up to the task when it comes to meeting the challenges of COVID-19. Vanessa, good morning and welcome to 702. Good
4: morning. Thank you so much for having me.
2: So, this becomes especially relevant uh, in the time of Ramadan with our Islamic listeners uh, following fasting uh, traditions. Uh, It's a difficult one when we uh, uh, look at uh, the the nutritional importance of uh, uh, protecting your immune system. It um, is a difficult one when you are expected by, you know, when you follow the tradition of, of fasting in your religion. Yes,
4: absolutely. So, you know, Fasting has been done for centuries for spiritual reasons, health reasons, and even today, there's so many people who practice intermittent fasting or a form of fasting, even alternate day fasting, because of the positive impact it actually has on your immune system, on your blood sugar levels, um, blood pressure levels, um, heart health. Um, cognitive function, weight management. I mean, the benefits of fasting are um, really well documented. And I think the most important thing to understand is whether you, fa- when you do fast, is when you do eat to ensure optimum nutrition. So, those people that are, for example, um, going through Ramadan at the moment, my advice is when you do eat, not to eat um, highly processed, high sugar, high carbohydrates foods and really nourish the body with really wholesome foods. So predominantly plant-based, if you do have animal protein, the best quality animal protein, lots of good fats um, etc. And it's not a time where you basically starve the whole day in the binge because that's really, really not Um, healthy. The body works on nutrients, not on calories, so it's very important to feed the body optimum nutrients for multiple purposes. Um, You know, the feeding period, we do eat too much and we are very sedentary, so this eating six times a day, eating before bed, um, copious amounts of sugar and refined foods is is a, a complete disaster. So, to train the body to utilize stored body fat is, uh, is very important. So, fasting does that because once glycogen runs out, you have to tap into fat stores. Um, and people do realize that they, they, their hunger is better controlled. Their nutrient absorption. So, for example, if you're having three meals a day, which should be, um, you know, standard, Um, you should leave four to five hours between meals. So your meal should be satisfying and nourishing enough to last you four to five hours. Obviously, a lot of us don't eat out of hunger. We actually eat out of compulsion or stress or habits or boredom, etc. Those are different psychological reasons that need to be approached. But true hunger, um, you know, a lot of us have enough stored body fat to get us through a while. And practicing fasting is very beneficial in my view. You know, during this time, if you're sedentary, you probably should be eating twice a day anyway. Then um, an extended fast under supervision or for religious purposes or spiritual purposes or whatever it is, is also very beneficial. It's been done for centuries, but it is, I can't emphasize enough, how important it is to consume nourishing food during your feeding period. Vanessa, it's it's
2: uh, great in theory, but, but practicalities, right? If you're only able to uh, eat at two specific intervals throughout the day and you have a very, very long period in between, how do you ensure that there is consistent nourishment in your body and that you don't end up gorging yourself as a result of, of, of starving?
4: It actually comes down to blood sugar control. A lot of us don't have any blood sugar control. So when we think we need... Um, if, you, if you are preparing a meal and it's got um, an, you know, an abundance of vegetables... Um, some salad, lots of good fats, your olive oil, your avocado, your seeds, your nuts um, and then either um, quinoa and beans or some egg or some chicken or some meat or whatever it is. That meal should sustain you for 45 hours. If it doesn't, you actually don't have good blood sugar control or you have habitual sugar addiction which means that you actually crave something sweet and you start looking for sweet things and that's not out of hunger. So it's not a practical thing. It's actually the body. You have to train the body. Um a lot of us, you know, how many of us have a meal and they need something sweet. The sweet part is not out of hunger, correct? It's out of you know we we have a, a sugar addiction to whatever it is.
2: Uh, the Africans, so Africans folk yeah. would say eating for lack of hate, You know, and just eating because yeah. <laughs> mm, I need that. Uh, <sighs>
4: So it's totally fine if you do, you know, after a meal, if you have a piece of dark chocolate, 85%, um, or if you have a few berries, um, I don't usually recommend fruit after a meal. But if you are going to have something, just keep it small, keep it controlled. And I, I must say the most powerful tool one has is actually planning. So if you wake up in a day and you set yourself up for success, whether it be this is what I'm going to eat today, you plan your meals, or, you know, um, actually write down, what are what are your triggers? What is it that makes you, when you wake up, you don't feel so good? Well, last night I shouldn't really have had that. And, you know, I continuously have this. Look at those things and just get, you know, we are so powerful as humans um, and our mind is so powerful. We have this innate ability to, to really tap into some really powerful um, tools within us. And it's just about you know, discipline and making the decision and following through on that. And you feel so good once you do. Um, but that's a whole other topic. The thing is, is that if you are eating, for example, twice a day or even three times a day, simple, the more sugar and refined you have, the hungrier you're going to be because they're not satisfying. But it's very good to have meals with vegetables and fats. Um, with We don't even need a lot of animal protein, um, if, if at all. So, you know, very small amounts, full up on vegetables. You know, in South Africa, we tend to have a tomato and a lettuce leaf as a, you know that's the vegetable on the plate um, for decorative purposes your food predominantly eighty to 70 to eighty percent of what you eat should be vegetables um, so that's how much you should be consuming even for your gut flora gut bacteria etc and once you train the body to go through times of not eating you actually learn to appreciate the taste of food you crave healthier